Hello and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 210. Gosh dang. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we will not be discussing the next three episodes of Star Trek Voyager. If that's what you would like to hear exclusively, I respect that. You will want to come back. Yeah, January 10th, we are going to post our next regular podcast, which will have the first three episodes of Voyager's fourth season. Today, we're just going to do a brief little episode to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever your holiday of choice is for the month of December and going into the new year of January. We hope you have a great one. Past couple of years, I think we've discussed Star Wars movies that came out in December. I remember we had a couple of years there where we were able to discuss, I think, the Hobbit movies. Our first, we've been doing this podcast so long. Our, you know, I think our first like three or four years, we would discuss Christmas things. Like uh, every year, we had a different like I don't remember maybe things we got for Christmas that had to do with Star Trek or Star Trek Christmas memories, stuff like that. We exhausted that pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. They had to release Solo in May, so we couldn't talk about. Did we talked about Rogue? Was that? Did we do Rogue One one year? Yeah, we did. Are we? Yeah, we definitely did. I remember that we definitely did. Uh, but there's nothing this month. Um, not like that. So here's what we're going to do. Here's the agenda. Yeah, as you can see, this is incredibly well scripted and planned out. <laughs> uh, we're just relaxing, folks. And hey, I asked for ideas. I had one email with an idea, right? So I know how many listeners we have. And that's fine. You guys don't have to say anything to us. It's okay. Unless we have people downloading just, you know, download the episode every week or two weeks and then don't listen to it. I guess that's possible. Just <laughs> <laughs> on auto download. Yeah. All right. So we are going to do, this is one thing we can do every year. We're going to each name our top one or two favorite movies that came out this year. Then uh, we're going to each name our favorite Christmas movie. We may have done that before, but you know what? <laughs> Uh, maybe we answer was so yeah yeah maybe and maybe it's changed now we're all different people uh, and then we're going to spend a little bit of time just talking about our hopes and dreams for future Trek because we've got Discovery season two coming up pretty quick here and then we know the Picard series is going to be airing toward the end of 2019 so we're going to talk a little bit about that and that's probably going to be it it's going to be a short little podcast here. And you don't have to skip the qual. You can skip the qualifiers about uh, I didn't watch very many movies this year. I didn't see all the movies I wanted. Any of that stuff. Just what of the movies you saw, what were your favorites? Uh, if you have a one that is clear cut, your favorite, make that clear. Steve, one or two favorite movies of the year, twenty eighteen. Yeah, so I'm assuming basically this is things that are released this year. You know, not yes, just sir. obviously you watch. You know, could be yes, released in twenty eighteen. Yeah, um, I think I think we've spoken before about that. I, I kind of get into the Oscar race, and I do watch the Oscars each year. And so um, I haven't seen a whole lot of things that I think are in contention for that yet this year. Um, but I have seen a couple that I've, I've been pretty fond of. Um, one is a movie called Eighth Grade. Um, it's uh, it came out a couple three months ago, I think, several months ago. But um, it's basically a you know what it sounds like is kind of a a 
several months in the life of an eighth grader. And it's, it's not a documentary, it's fiction, but I thought it was really well done. And uh, I've got two movies that are tied for my favorite movie of the year. Uh-huh. But my number three is eighth grade. No, oh. I loved I loved eighth grade. Yeah. I thought it was a beautiful movie, but incredibly well told. You know, the the direction mixed with the performance of that girl. Yes. Her, mm-hmm. It was just it was sublime. It was a fantastic movie. I would recommend anybody uh watch that movie. And it was definitely my third favorite movie of the year. And I, you know, I can't. I, I, I uh, rented it. I didn't see it in theaters, but I, I said to my wife afterwards, it was really, it was really hard to kind of pin. And there was a whole lot of reasons I thought it was really great, but it was also it kind of made me feel like, almost like I don't know how to describe this, like a different species than a female eighth grader. You know what I'm saying? It was so like so much insight into what it felt real. You know, I mean, obviously I can't tell how yeah. genuine it was because, you know, I never was a, a girl in eighth grade, but. You know, it was just so like, wow, you know, this is, you know, you get kind of, kind of like cerebral idea of the pressures and the um, the issues involved in this day and age in school, middle school or whatever. But it's, you know, anyway, and another one I, I, I want to mention that I um, really enjoyed and I think could be an Oscar contention, too. I saw in theaters recently was Widows, um, Steve McQueen's new film. He most recently directed. 12 years slave which was several yeah, years I've heard, ago i've heard both on i've some people seem to really love it and some people seem to not so much but i so i haven't seen it yet yeah i think it's one of these that if you like his style you would like it you know what i mean because it's it, what's unusual about it is that it's sort of an actiony kind of film a little bit you know so it's almost leaning into like a genre picture of a heist kind of action film yet it's his brand of that and and he has a certain kind of style that's he has these scenes that are very uh, contemplative and still and so on. And I thought it was a really interesting mix. And I really enjoyed it as tr- in terms of something that was, it felt like it, it's it's saying things and it's, it's having something to say, but it's also very entertaining. So I, go, I guess those are the two I'm going to throw out there for now. If you had to pick one or the other, your favorite movie of the year? What, what, oh, gosh. Um, nah. You don't have to. Just ask. If I, if I had to, I'd say eighth grade out of what I've seen. Yeah. Mr. Caesar. I'll go the opposite direction. Um, Steve, Steve, you know, we, we've talked about this over the years. He keeps up with the Oscars, the Oscar race. I'm, I haven't really been good at that in years, probably since our blockbuster days, Brian, um, was the last time I was actually good about keeping up with all the Oscar films. I'm still catching up from um, 2017. I mean, literally, I think I saw Shape of Water like about a month ago. So I, <laughs> I get to the movies. That it just takes me a while. I can't remember. I've, I've heard of eighth grade, but you said it's available to rent. You yeah, you, you can rent it now. Yeah, I want to say I've heard of it, but I can't. I can't say for sure. So, but I'll, I'll definitely look for it. Um, and what was the other movie that you talked about? Widows. It's it's Widows. currently in theaters. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do like the director um, very much, so I'll definitely probably keep an eye out for that one as well. Um, I'll just go nerd out. I think the film that I enjoyed most this year um, was Avengers. Um, in case somebody's listening to this years from now. You're talking about Avengers Infinity War. Correct. So, spoiler alert. Well, there, there's no spoiler alerts. I haven't seen the second one. So if you haven't seen it well, by don't, now. Don't spoil Avengers Infinity War, but you can talk about why you liked it so much. Yeah, I just I thought they brought everything together really well from all these films that they've been doing. Um, it was um, It's a nice tapestry, you know, because it's a, it's a challenging order, bringing all of these stories and these characters that they've developed separately on their own um, into one movie. 
Uh, have they have had a little bit of practice with the with the first several Avengers, first several of the first three, um, bringing these different characters and these storylines together. But I mean, it was everybody from you know it seemed like all most if not all the um, characters into this one Avengers film. So I thought they did that in a very well ordered and mannered way because it could have gone really bad if they didn't do it right. And um, so yeah, I mean, if you like Marvel movies, I mean, you'll love the Avengers even if you haven't seen it yet. Well, I'm with you. Avengers Infinity War is tied for my favorite movie of the year. It just blew me away. And I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm flabbergasted that you can have a movie with that many characters and it's still so human. And it, it's just, um, it's just a, a, a feat of, of filmmaking engineering to, to achieve that in that movie. Yeah, and that, but I think you had to have every other movie before to have what you had. I mean, you know, if they yeah, just started from the scratch. That's true. There's a little bit of... Um... So we know the depth of everything that's going on with everybody. So I think that kind of makes Yeah, sense. when I tell somebody that it's tied for my favorite movie of the year uh, that hasn't, that doesn't watch the Marvel movies, you know, it's a little bit weird because I... You, you bring that with you, all the other Marvel movies and your feelings about these characters that they've built up over a decade. You bring that with you when you watch Infinity War and, and how can you not? And and I don't know, I, you know, a movie has to be evaluated on its own like standalone uh, merits, but it's kind of impossible to do because would it be tied for my favorite movie if it was the first Marvel movie and none of those other movies had happened? That's hard no, to say. I'm sure that wouldn't be the case. I would be just as amazed that they pulled the made the movie uh but it, it wouldn't have had such an emotional impact and i can't divorce myself from that um so you know it it really is it, it's 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 more than episodic television the way you can you know you can get into characters and stuff because we are talking about big budget blockbuster filmmaking and everything that comes with that but it's uh no, it, everything that's that can be great about a movie is great in that movie, and it's just. And you know, you guys out there, listeners who haven't watched the Marvel movies, you know, yes, it is a, it's a, it's a, it's a fantasy movie. It's sci-fi action. You know, you got all the explosions and the fights that go along with those kind of movies. I think where Brian and I are coming from, and I'm, I'm guessing Steve would agree as well, is just how they've fabricated this whole world. Um, you know. For years and years, you know, comic book movies were, were made fun of because, you know, they weren't able to bring, you know, a whole series of comic books, a whole world of comic books onto the movie screen. And it's just amazing to me how they've been able to do that. Whereas for so many years, it was like, no, you can't you can't bring comic books to the movies. You can't do that. You can't tell these intricate stories and create these different worlds. And so obviously technology is is has caught up with um, storytelling so they can, you know, do that. You show this on a screen in a believable way. But I mean, um, I just like to give a lot of credit to the writing and the producers of how they, you know, just this entangled web, this tapestry that they've been able to put together. Well, and what's, I mean, what's so impressive too, is the, is the Marvel cinematic universe as a whole, how, how consistently pretty good at, le- at the very least it is you know what i mean i mean it's like 90 percent of the time you know i mean you, you you get something that's that's some quality you know i mean it's there's nothing and there's not i can't even think of ones that are ab- absolutely god-awful bad you know what i mean there's 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 some borderline ones but it's really very very few out of this 20 some movies that have happened and and because of the films of last year and all the hype i mean I, i'm i'm really amped up for this upcoming year and then what's coming you know with captain marvel and the next avengers so i mean it's 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 exciting you know and it's 
it's amazing this is still going on and they've kept up this this level of quality this long. Yeah, side note, I just got to say, I'm going through the Marvel movies with my family. They have not seen Infinity War, and I've, I'm careful not to spoil it. The trailer for Avengers Endgame, the Infinity War sequel that comes out in, you know, April of 2019. I'm not going to say it in case somebody isn't watching the trailers, but there's a line in the trailer for Endgame that spoils Infinity War. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why they did that. Uh, Black Widow has a line. She has a line. She has two lines. Her first line says, um, I'm not going to spoil it. Her first line says, Thanos achieved his goals, basically. And then her second line says, what Thanos did in Infinity War, you know? And <laughs> I can't believe that they put that line in the trailer for Endgame for a movie, you know, spoiling a movie that just came out six months ago. I realize most people have seen Infinity War, but I know people that haven't, and that includes my family. So. Well, don't you own it by this point? What's their excuse? Well, we're watching the movies in order. They haven't uh, seen, you know, we, we, we finished our our theater we've been gotcha. you know we waited for the marvel movies until that we could watch oh. them have you started them yet yeah we uh we're up to we just watched ant-man Ant so sure. we're i don't know we're more than halfway we're more than halfway you're humming along what would you th i mean just so, since we brought it up what would you say the the bottom movies i mean i think thor 2 oh, that's easy my... uh thor 1 thor 2 and age of ultron i think those are the weakest um, I thought the Hulk was weak. I don't know if I would say. Age oh, that, that's right. That is that is an MCU movie. Yeah, that that's down there too. I I'd rather watch, I'd rather watch uh, the Norton Hulk than the first two Thors or <laughs> Ultron. Age of Ultron has gotten better with the with the passing of other movies. Oh, it's the other way around. Age of Ultron's gotten worse. Um, I disagree with you. Regardless. That's only like two or three movies we're talking about out of right. you know twenty. So uh, that's like Steve said, that's a pretty amazing record. Yeah, that's that's a good. That'd be a really good batting average. Well, the other movie that's in my um, that's tied for first, although maybe if I'm pressed, I would pick it over Infinity War, but mostly tied for first is Paddington Two. Which, if you live in another country besides the United States, you might be crying foul because I think it actually came out in 2017 in a lot of other countries. But in the United States, it came out in January 2018, so I'm counting it for this year. And Paddington 2 is just, it's a perfect movie. If you watch Paddington 2 and don't have a smile on your face, uh, you are dead inside. You don't have a heart. <laughs> did you guys uh, ever watch it? I, I have seen it, and I did very much enjoy it. I think it was, I think it was fantastic. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I would be pressed to put it right up there this year i mean you know it's because it's like it's one of those things that it's kind of uh it's it's good in a way that like it just it just all works and so you get through it and you're kind of like there was nothing wrong with that number one and number two maybe perhaps even bigger is that it really has something to say and it does it in such a kind of a not in your face way i mean it's clear what they're trying to say but it's something to say that's so timely that you know that, yeah, that that's what can more can you ask for is something that really works on all levels and is saying something that's relevant to our time. So yes, that's great. And it's just, it's just love. The whole, yeah, the whole yeah. movie is just love. There's not even like a real villain really. I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just love. So if you haven't seen Paddington two, please, please go watch Paddington two. I, I mean, the first Paddington was great, but you really don't need to see, see it if you haven't, you know, if you don't want to, you could just just go right to Paddington too. 
All right. So that's our list of our favorite movies of the year. Everyone's told me the favorite is really good, and I haven't seen that yet. Uh, yeah, I do want to see that soon. Yeah, um, that's the main one on my list that I that I really want to see still. That's what with um, not Karen. Um, that's the Victorian age movie, right? The favorite. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I am curious about. I'm curious about Mary Poppins. I don't know if I'll see it in the theaters, but I am curious. Uh, look, see, we're already taking longer than I thought. Okay, really fast. I'm just curious. Does anybody? Does everybody have a very clear like? Yep, that's my favorite Christmas movie of all time. See, we're doing something Christmassy. This is the only Christmassy thing we're going to do, so I'm not going to cut it out. Um, I, I, I mean, Jingle All the Way. That's that's yours, right? Jingle, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Schwarzenegger classic. Hey, bub, I'm going to deck your halls. <laughs> <laughs> favorite Christmas movie or favorite holiday movie? Okay, I'm not sure that's a big difference there, but well, what are you going to go playing Strange and Automobiles for Thanksgiving? Yeah, I'll go playing Strange and Automobiles. I did just buy Scrooge. I love that movie. It's hard for me to say like what my favorite Christmas movie is because there's so many different you know genres of them. Um, but I'll go Scrooge since I just purchased that and watched it not long ago. Richard Donner classic. Steve, you got one? Well, I mean, I th- I had difficulty with this too, and I think why it's difficult is because this is it's like a traditional thing, you know. It, it goes like family traditions and so on. You know, you watch these things over and over, and it becomes a. It's hard to be subjective and or be objective in a way with this because there's like there's certain feel good films, and then there's. So anyway, I guess what I'm struggling with is like. On the whole, films that I wa- I watch nearly every year with family, and I watch since I was a kid are um um christmas story um you know ralphie and all that yeah um love it um national lampoon's christmas vacation you know it's just kind of one of those things but i i don't i think i can't really call those my favorites because i know it's just because i always watch them and enjoy them um so you know if i don't know if this can count because it's one of these it's not a full-length film but um I did just watch the other day, we watched uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 1960s era one, you know, the... Uh, the original animated. Yeah, Chuck Jones animated film yeah. thing. And that is just fantastic. I mean, it, yep. it, it, yeah. you, you just can't beat it. I mean, it's it's so good. I know it's only 20-some minutes long, so it maybe this doesn't even count. But um, if it does count, I might have to put that there. Because, yeah, I can see that totally. Yeah. It's um, We watched it uh, last week, and this is after... Um, I don't know, a month ago, like Thanksgiving weekend, we watched the Ron Howard live action, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's fine. It's It's got some good moments. We watched on screen that new one where Benedict Cumberbatch does the mm-hmm. voice. Mm-hmm. How was that? Awful. Oh. oh, my God. Both my wife and I were just squirming, like, please let this movie end <laughs> so we can get out of this theater. It sucks. Did Maximus like it? Yeah, he said he did, but I could tell, you know. It wasn't one of his favorites. No, it wasn't like when we saw Aquaman and he walked and he's been talking about it for four days straight. (laughs) He he said, I liked it. He never once mentioned again, the Grinch movie, that Grinch movie. But we watched, uh, was it last week? We watched the Chuck Jones and yeah, the animated one, um, Boris Karloff. And we were both just, we were just all talking about just how amazing it is. It's just one of those, those moments in, film and television history that's just a miracle everything every person is the perfect it's it's everybody's at the top of their game and they they still you wouldn't think they could achieve this and they did and it's just a miracle it's just one of those 
once a decade, you know, Christmas miracles, miracle things. It's amazing. It's just mm-hmm. perfect. And oddly enough, Brian's favorite movie is Reindeer's Games. <laughs> <laughs> Reindeer Games. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's an interesting question, though. What movies we watch every year. Um, I, in the last few years, I've watched with my son, I've watched Polar Express every year. That movie has a couple of moments that I that are kind of not so great, but it has so many just really wonderful sections that I enjoy watching that with my son anyway. Steve, what's some modern movies that you've liked that have come out recently? They're Christmas-like or? Yeah. Oh, geez. It's like Christmas music, man. It's very, very hard to do. You know, it takes some time. Like Polar Express is the most recent one I can give you that's a watch every year for me. And what is that? That movie's got to be, what was it? The movie's like 15 years old or more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of the same. Um, But it's not my favorite. Well, I like Love Actually. That's a kind of a Christmas movie. Yeah, I like I like But yeah, but it's 15 years too. It's more of a clat, you know. Yeah. It takes some time. You know, it's I think movies like uh, you know, Die Hard and Lethal Weapon are great Christmas movies. Oh yeah, definitely. But my favorite uh is It's a Wonderful Life and I watch that movie every year and uh, that movie is that movie is a movie miracle from its day. Mm. I was at my holiday party at work last week. And they had movies running in the screening rooms. You could just walk in and out. And I, I walked into the It's a Wonderful Life screen. I'm like, oh, yeah, let me go see a 2K DCP of It's a Wonderful Life. And I walked in there in the scene when uh, Jimmy Stewart is on the phone with, with um, uh, Donna Reed. They're on the phone with uh, Hee Haw, whatever his name is, the the boss guy and their buddy. And it's the scene when... Uh, Jimmy Stewart's character just decides he knows that he loves her and he's going to stay there with her. And he's like, listen here, I don't want to be here. You know, that, that scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And I just walked in on that scene and, and it was, and it was, and it broke me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah. good. Perfect it's so time. amazing. So yeah, that movie is. Yeah. I, I would pick that too. If I, I didn't, if I, you know, if, if Grinch doesn't count, <laughs> then I would pick yeah. this wonderful life. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, last thing we're going to discuss here is uh, future Trek. So that's it for our really Christmassy stuff. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Exciting. First of all, what are we hoping to get out of Discovery season two? Now, um, I watched the first couple trailers, I think, but I haven't watched anything since. I know they've been putting out more and more stuff. There have been interviews with actors. I know just this last week or so they put out some more content. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm. Uh, on blackout mode now we're too close to the release and i've seen enough i'm gonna watch it so i'm just i'm not watching anything else uh, so i've only seen the first couple trailers but obviously i've watched all of the first season and i'm planning to rewatch the first season prior to season two i mean there's a part of me that that everybody that listened to this podcast knows that my biggest complaint about discovery season one was that it was not a family show anymore um I don't really have any reason to believe they're going to change that for season two, other than my eternal pointless hope. <laughs> but I, I do, you know, that was the thing that bugged me the most about season one. And I would love for them to make that change for season two. There's not really any indication that that would happen. I am hopeful that maybe the Picard series that we'll talk about in a minute uh, will go there. But uh, once we get that point out of the way what else am i hoping to get out of season two i would like to see more character stuff and less this is going to sound stupid but less leaning on 
the existing Trek stuff, uh, which, you know, like the first season, I was a little, very slight spoiler for season one, if you haven't seen it. I'm going to say it now, so fast forward about 10 seconds. I was a little disappointed that they went to the Mirror Universe and went there so quickly. You know, it was just one more thing where it, you know, like I wanted the show to find its own uh, language. Um, I So I, I kind of want more of that out of season two, but the fact that it's going to be the Enterprise and Captain Pike and, you know, it, it certainly seems like that's not going to be the case. I would rather have more, you know, I want the character stuff. I want good writing. Uh, We all want action and all that stuff. But my favorite thing about season one was the production value and how every episode looked like a movie. And they're going all in on that with season two with the scope screen, which I'm sitting here. I mean, scope aspect ratio, which I'm sitting here looking at my scope screen and I'm just salivating for that. So that's going to be great. What, What are you guys thoughts? What are you hoping out of Discovery season two? changes if any to season one be gentle with season one spoilers in case we got somebody right. who hasn't watched it. well I, th- I think for me it's um number one i think they've got they've got kind of the, they are they're doing the appeal to the trek nerd thing already with all the canon references and all this kind of stuff too but i think it's you know i i'm, I'm anxious to see if they can really you know, touch on this stuff that you've already alluded to Pike and the enterprise and all that, and that era and what's going on and do something that um, really provides some kind of genuine new insight that seems to fit with everything else we know in terms I'm talking in terms of plot and all these characters that already exist and this kind of stuff that I think is challenging. And I'd be very impressed if they can really do that in a way that's fresh and interesting and not convoluted, but yeah, otherwise I agree with the, you know, building character, you know, there's, there's certain characters I like more than others. Like there always is with these, with these shows, but, um, you know, take some time to really, you know, get to know these, these characters and, and not, not cliched things, not things you've seen before, new things that are interesting. And if they do that well, I mean, you know, they've got it, you know, but that, those are the things I'm most interested in for discovery. Um, for discovery, um, I think my concerns are more broad and maybe you guys can speak to this, um, when you're done, I don't know if they're concerns, it's just, um, questions more or less. So, I mean, I'm sure season two discovery will be fine from what I've read about it. You know, they're going to pike, it's the enterprise. We're going to have a lot of, definitely have a lot of fan stuff to see there. You know, um, Spock has been recast and is going to be in this, um, next season, so that'll be that'll be cool in a lot of different ways. Um, on the other side of that is like you know it's a to me it's kind of a it's kind of a strange time to be a, a Star Trek fan because it's great that there's you know we got Discovery, um, we got um, the Picard coming back as you know that that should be a lot of fun, um, and then we have the movies. But I mean, in a lot of weird, weird ways, it feels discombobulated to me because obviously the movies are separate from what they're doing um, in episodical television, and that's something new for um, Trek fans as long as me, Brian and Steve have been around. So we're, we're used to everything being tightly knit together. Um, so that's kind of my concern. And it doesn't seem like that's going to change anytime soon with what's going on with the CBS and, and Viacon. So, I mean, kind of like to me is like, what's their plans with all these different shows? Are they going to interconnect at all? Or are they just going to be completely, totally separate from each other? Um, um, kind of like, that's kind of my general concern. Like what's their, what's their plan for all these different shows? We can talk about the, Talk about the Picard show. So that, um, at least what 
Kurtzman has implied is that the Picard show really is going to be it's a separate thing. It's going to be its own thing. Um, and it's going to have a very different tone, which is why I'm hopeful that maybe it will be. I mean, if it's if it's a continuation in any way of Next Gen, it's got to be more of a family show, right? I know I'm not the only person that cares about this, by the way. When I've brought this up, we've had listeners email in and, and you know, and express the same, not, not exactly concerns, but interest in having a family Star Trek show again. Anyway, um, you know, say, for Kurtzman to say that the Picard show is going to have a very different tone, to me, leaves open the possibility that it could be a, a family show again. And yeah, you're you're right that in that we've never had stuff that's sort of concurrent airing wise that's so separate and that's the part that that will feel weird you know if the picard show you know discovery season two now and then we'll have the picard show probably before a discovery season three and then it'll jump back to discovery season three and they just won't have any kind of connection we've not we've not been in that situation before we've either had time separating the airing of of shows that aren't related or you've had them aired at the, around the same time, you know, say original series to next gen, we've had them aired around the same time and they've had a relationship like next gen and DS nine or whatever. So that, that is a little different, but like I said, you guys can tell me better or not if you've heard this or not. So have there been any rumors if so, if like, so the Picard say the Picard series is successful. I mean, is there a possibility to revisit deep space nine or anything along those lines in that current... I've, I've heard fans ask those questions, but I've never seen anything out of the studio to gotcha. imply that as a possibility. Honestly, it really feels like the only reason this show is happening is because of the level of uh, fame and name recognition that Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc Picard has. I don't, and And I say that to mean I don't think there's anybody else in all of Star Trek that could do that. I mean, I can't name for you one other person. Maybe, you know, when, when JJ's, you know, 10, literally 10 years ago, JJ's first Star Trek movie came out there. You had somebody, you had Leonard Nimoy that you could do that with. I don't think there's anybody now, even, even William Shatner, who's pushing 90 years old folks. Uh, even William Shatner, I don't think he, he would, could do half of, of bring in half of the butts that, put that many butts in seats the way that Patrick Stewart will. Pa- Patrick Stewart has, you know, he's just concluded, you know, um, playing a, a Professor X all these years. And, you know, people know him in a way still, I guess. He's he's more broad. I mean, do, Steve, do you think that, do you think I'm onto something there? That's kind of the main reason the show is happening. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Or do you think there's anybody else that could, that would have that level of. No, no. He he's the he's the guy, yeah. Um, and I and I and I don't know. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with this show or what's all going on. But I really don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to feel like next gen, right? I mean, everything you read, I don't think that's what they're doing. I, they're, it's not like they have a bunch of other characters from from it, you know, if any, you know. I think it's just this guy's life later on, you know, twenty years later. And uh, I'm really hoping it's not some kind of you know, dystopian thing or anything of that nature. I hope it's, it's positive and I don't, I don't know exactly, you know, we have no idea what's going to happen, but um, I do know that they, they probably will be trying to say something that's relevant for our time, you know, in terms of what he's doing and his life now. But um, I, I'm certain. Do you guys, mm-hmm. do you guys expect 
him to be a captain of a starship? No. I'm not. No, 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 I, no, no, I, no. I would be very no. disappointed if the show is he's a captain of a starship. I would be very disappointed if that's what it was. No. Well, I mean, I think you know, I was just about to. I think it's going to be closer to him, something like him working in the grape fields. Right. I, I, that that's more well, likely well, than being a captain of a starship. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, if not, re- if if not retired close to it, I mean, some ambassador or admiralship or something. I mean. I, I kind of it's either going to be kind of based on the end of his career or or post Starfleet career would be my guess. I I would really love to know the just you know just the the like one sentence log line of what the show is yeah. what what they sold sold it to the studio with you know what what they got Patrick Stu- what got Patrick Stewart to sign the dotted line you know right number one what got the what got this to happen is. Patrick Stewart saying I'll be Picard again, but what got him involved? Yeah, that's the interesting part. Is is why you know, and I and I kind of I, I trust him. You know, I, I trust that it's something that's meaningful. You know, and so I feel good about it. I mean, you never know, but yeah, I don't think he would come back if it was just a continuation of um, Next Gen. You know, the continuing voyages of the Starship Enterprise. I don't think he would have been interested in that. But well, hopefully, it'll actually come. You know, what if they're going to shoot it in the is it the spring, the summer? That's what we what we're hearing. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that this is going to be an ongoing series. That's not just yes. going to be a one shot or a one season. Like he would be doing multiple seasons of this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, that this first season would would air about a year from now, maybe you know f- late fall of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I assume that they would want to, you know. They'd be in post on this while they're shooting uh, Discovery season three, probably, so that Discovery season three would air. Right, right. After Picard, probably. So who knows? Maybe a year from now, we'll we'll be talking about it. So is there any um any news on the movie front? They were so close. They were gonna be they were gonna be shooting like in January and February, up until what August of this year, September or something like that. They hired Clarkson. Uh, that woman that did that was that show on Netflix. I can't remember the name of it now. They hired her to direct it. They were in prep, and I'm pretty sure we talked about this. But you know, Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth had mm-hmm. they both signed deals with a that had a specific money amount in the deal, and they signed those deals years ago, before Beyond came out. Beyond didn't perform as well as Paramount hoped. Paramount went back to them and said, that same contract that we already agreed to, we want it to be exactly the same as it is, except we want to pay you less, even though the contract said a different dollar amount, which to normal people like us is like, F you. No, I agree. You agreed to pay me this. I agreed to do it for this. Now you just want to pay me less? No, of course not. That's how normal people like us would respond to that. So I totally understand how Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth both said F you to Paramount. I will say that this is very common in Hollywood. This happens all the time. Usually the response from the talent isn't F you. It's, well, what else can you do for me? Give me more in the back end or give me more of this or something like that. You know, they're just, Paramount's just trying to save costs up front in case it doesn't perform as well as they'd hope because Beyond didn't. So this is a pretty common, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying it's not unusual, even though it sounds, even though I'm sure it would be unusual in almost any other industry. In film, it isn't. So, so it's so it's very unusual that they both stuck to their guns and said, "No way, we're not agreeing to a lesser amount." Anyway, even when it happened, 
everybody was deadline. Everybody was like, you know, they'll figure it out. Well, they didn't. They really didn't. It just sounds now it's in limbo, and we we missed the window for them to shoot in the spring. I mean, that's all toast. Honestly, I don't know. I'm starting to think that it's just not. At some point, they're just going to say, forget it. What I was going to say is like, well, the two Chris's, they're in a they're in career positions where they can do it. They're you know they're probably are they? They're in quite a few movies, so I'm sure they're Name sought me. after. Name for me. I'm not even talking about quality because I definitely cannot name for you a good Chris Pine movie where he's the lead that isn't Star Trek. But name for me a movie that Chris Pine is the lead in that made a lot of money. Name for me a movie that Chris Hemsworth is in that where he's the lead that made a lot of money that isn't Marvel, which he is bowing out of. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I'm just saying they are they are sought after, so they're in a lot of projects. So there are a lot of people are probably calling them and asking them to work. So. That's what I'm saying. Um, they're both in a lot of stuff right now. I mean, regardless if it's making a ton of money or if they're the lead actors or not, they're both in high demand as far as working on films. Okay. The movie is in limbo. And it's probably going to stay that way. Hard for me to imagine it's not. And if it stays in limbo much longer, they'll just move on to something else like that yeah. Tarantino thing, whatever <laughs> that is. And so, yeah, I mean, is, is that the way it's going to be now? Because, like, yeah, Viacom and CBS, aren't they kind of split? Oh, yeah, that's definitely <laughs> – they were trying to get back together, but uh, sorry, Les is way, way, way out. So um, there's nobody pushing for that anymore. So I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, Les doesn't get his $120 million parachute either. You heard about that this week. I think it's I think what's interesting though is kind of taking taking a snapshot of where things stand with the the movie part of the franchise and with the television part of the franchise and just the I mean it's kind of it's 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 a it's a pretty good picture of where the industry is in a way you know I mean like if you imagine that if hypothetically they had the rights to make a two hour thing that would stream on some service or whatever and getting the financing for that would be so much easier. I think, you know, to make it happen if you, you know, if they had the rights to everything they wanted to create it and then get people to pre buy it or whatever the heck you do or something. And uh, to make that happen with whatever talent than it is to put this, put something together for theaters, you know? Well, I mean, that's the kind of the way it's going. I mean, you know, I mean, Netflix movies are just getting better and better and better. I mean, you were just talking about Chris Pine, what good movie he's done. I mean, I just watched the, the Outlaw King of the, the Outlaw King. That was he starred in it. It was pretty good. I hated that movie. It was so terrible. <laughs> I, I, I almost I couldn't it. finish it. I swear to God, I almost had to stop it. I thought it was so wretched. You didn't like it. That's fine. But I mean, the production value <sighs> of it was top notch. I mean, it was a, Brian and I just aren't agreeing tonight. Brian. No, but that's that, that's the perfect example. I mean, that's a whole other conversation that we're not going to have. But just as far as you know, Netflix is trying to make this big feature play. I wish they would just. They, I wish if they they haven't made a single good movie. They've acquired a couple like Roma that, that they did not make. Roma. Roma was a completely finished movie that they bought, right? But like Outlaw King, that was Netflix. Netflix really made that movie. That to me is the example of you know. Well, they're going to get better at it. Yeah, so far they're not. So far they're just throwing money and making crap. So. Well, they will get better at it. They got better at their shows. They'll get better at it because it's just, yeah. I mean, it's they're gonna they have more competition coming down the pipe with with Disney doing their own thing. So they're gonna have to get better at it. Yeah. 
I mean, the I mean, I saw the trailers for Ben Affleck's new movie that he's got coming out. And yeah, the, yeah. The trailer was good. It spent fifty cents more on the font than I wouldn't have. Than I would have thought it looked like a like a big studio movie <laughs> for that trailer. I mean, but yeah. Other than using, the trailer looked good. That's all I'm saying. But but my instinct when I was watching it was, hey, this looks like it might not suck. And then I thought, but it's Netflix. It's going to suck. Please, Netflix, prove prove me wrong. <laughs> produce a great movie i will be the first person to be excited about it and watch it so. isn't it funny brian you know at one time blockbuster could have bought netflix way back in our day oh yeah john Aniaco was an idiot yes <laughs> uh all right so we look at that we've gone over even when even when i don't have a <laughs> even when i don't have it all printed out for us uh we still go along anyway <laughs> uh, folks if you're still listening to this you're like you're awesome because you are a true true appreciator of our show i don't know if that's a word <laughs> uh because this was not a normal episode and we rambled a lot and this is just uh the three of us having fun <laughs> and this is my annual opportunity once again to tell my colleagues here Mr. Adam Caesar and Mr. Stephen Embry that I love you guys and I'm really grateful that we get to talk Star Trek every couple of weeks and uh, despite the fact that we live thousands of miles mm-hmm. um, <laughs> apart you know it feels like like I've maintained a relationship with the both of you through this show and Especially, you know, in the last couple of years with my new job, you know, and I got a kid now and I know Steve has a child and uh, Adam's so crazy busy with work. And, uh, you know, if it weren't for this show, I don't think we would, you know, it would be this show forces us to find time yeah, to talk yeah. to each other. <laughs> and it's great. Sometimes a little more great. challenging than others. And this show, we don't make money on this show. Literally this money costs us. I mean, this, this show costs us money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. There've been times where I'm like, Oh gosh, you know, I don't feel like doing the show this week or whatever. Uh, I'm just too busy or, you know, whatever. Um, but I'm glad that we kept it going. And, you know, a year from now, when we do a holiday special, presumably for Star Wars Episode Nine, uh, you know we're going to be really close to the end of Voyager, and we're going to have to be talking about what to do. But I'm hoping that we still find a a way to keep it going and keep talking to each other every couple of weeks. So, thank you guys, and happy holidays to you and your family, and the same to our listeners. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. Thank you so much, everybody. Merry Christmas, guys. Bye. I passed it.